On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm interviewing Stephanie Langford, a wife and a mother of five children who started off as a blogger and now owns multiple online businesses, one of which she runs with her husband. My name is Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vicky, for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. Let's start off with your story. How did you get started and how did you come where you are today? Well, I started blogging back in the dark ages, almost nine years ago. And um, back when I first began, I didn't even know what uh, what WordPress was. Most of us were on Blogspot type pad. I mean, it was a totally different world. There was there was no Twitter. Um, we weren't on Facebook. There wasn't Pinterest. It was just very much people blogging about something that they were interested in, that they were passionate about, and just crafting these um, small, very intimate, um, conversation-driven communities. And it was a really fun and beautiful thing. So that was how I got my start. I began talking to uh, fellow moms and homemakers, um, especially uh, about healthy living. That was kind of my my main thing, is I really wanted to share about healthy, natural living, because that had been a big part of the journey that I had been on. And I felt like there are probably other moms who want to know about this, who want to talk about this. And so that's, I just began sharing what I was learning. And that was really an uh, incredible journey for me because I realized that there were other people on a similar path to me. And uh, I found that by sharing my own story, it really invigorated me. And, um, and what I realized as I went along was, Hey, I really like this blogging thing. This is actually pretty fun. And so um, the site kind of grew in a way that, um, I didn't really know that it was going to become a thing when I started it. I didn't set out with a business plan. I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. But as I saw that other women were connecting with what we were talking about, uh, I realized, you know, I think I could pour a bit more into this. And so I kind of kept going, kept pushing, and the blog began to grow. And so um, as my husband, um, he'd had a dream for a long time to become an entrepreneur. And so he had really just been studying um, on his own. He'd been creating a business plan. And after, um, I'm not sure how long I'd been blogging at that point, maybe three or four years, he began to say, you know, I think I really want to do this thing for real. And so uh, I was getting ready to have my third baby. And we decided that at that point, we would make this like, you know, our thing, we were going to go all in and we were going to become entrepreneurs. So uh, I started pouring more into the blog, finding better ways I was monetizing at that point. But you know, it was a little bit more just a few hundred dollars here and there, we'd done a few things that had surprised us. And we'd been like, wow, you know, we could make some money with this. But it wasn't it wasn't really our bread and butter at that point at all. Mm-hmm. And so, but with, you know, this other business looming on the horizon, we were like, well, maybe we should get cracking a bit more. So I set out to write my second ebook that summer when she was a newborn. And uh, he began to go full force. He quit his job and began working on uh, starting a music school in our local area. And, you know, we really just got serious about what we were doing. And so it was at that point that I really considered myself a professional blogger and uh, began just pouring as much as I could in growing the site, um, finding, you know, better ways to monetize through my own products through affiliates, through ad networks, um, all different kinds of opportunities. And, uh, you know, I, I, that was really the main thing that I did was running that site. It was called keeperofthehome.org. It's still, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about it in the past tense. And the reason for that is that 
um, earlier this year, uh, or sorry, not 2016, in late 2015, I passed that over to uh, my dear friend, Anne, who now continues to run the site. Um, she's just really carrying on with that legacy of healthy living for moms, and she's doing an amazing job of it. So you can still visit the site. It is up. It's thriving. It's wonderful. I no longer do that because my years in blogging um, began to open up some other doors for us. And, you know, you said at the beginning that we've got multiple businesses. And so uh, they've really carried uh, my husband and I into a different place of working on um, some stuff together, which I think we're going to talk a little bit more about as we go on. So I don't know how much you want me to get into that. But (laughs) essentially, blogging opened other doors that led us to start the, the main business that we work together on now. Oh, thank you so much for sharing it. And I love the timeline. I hear my echo. That is so weird. (laughs) Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing that. That was very inspiring. The timeline is, is incredible when you started and the way you monetized. And so you were not making a full-time income when your husband started his uh, music studio. Okay. No. Um, it's so interesting how you gave him the opportunity to go on and for his dreams. So when he went on to the music studio, did you help him with that or did you um, continue to grow your own blog? Um, I was really doing both at that point. Um, I was trying to take what had already been established with the blog and bring it to a place where we could earn more money uh, from it because obviously we kind of needed it at that point in the early days of starting any new business. It's it's always very lean, right? Um, those are, you know, tough years financially. And so I was trying to build up the blog. Uh, I I helped with the music school. I was definitely a big supporter and I helped in some smaller ways. But really, that was his thing that he was just going all out on um, working on that, you know, full time plus the way you do when you're beginning. Hmm, okay. So while you were doing that, um, where does the ultimate bundles come in? And how did you... <laughs> Like I, I've listened to a few interviews uh, with you talking about that, but mm-hmm. it's so interesting. How did you come up with that idea? Because it's not very mm-hmm. common. And then right. how did you find a partner? Because Erin has been on the show and she's amazing. And how did you start working together? And, and how did you take it to the next level? So the first ultimate bundle, or was it, we didn't, we didn't call it ultimate bundle at the time, but the first bundle began about three and a half years ago. And it wasn't my original idea. Uh, I had seen some other people running bundles. So the first bundle I ever participated in uh, was called the Simplify Your Family Life um, Bundle. I think I'm probably getting the name a little bit wrong, but it was um, Mandy Amon from Life Your Way and Corey, I can't remember his last name, um, I think from mm-hmm. Simple Marriage. And so they ran that bundle and it was just, um, you know, a mixture of resources that would really uh, help families living, a, you know, a simpler, better life. And I was a contributor to that. And I thought this is a really neat idea. And then I saw a homeschool one. And at that point, the wheels in my head began turning. And I thought, nobody's doing this in healthy living. Why isn't anybody doing this in healthy living? And I had a lot of uh, connections at that point. I'd been very active um, networking with other bloggers, being a part of masterminds, going to conferences. And I thought, I think I could pull together enough people and we could really do this thing. So that was what we did three and a half years ago. We pulled together the very first healthy living bundle. And 
Um, I had pretty small goals at the time. I mean, I thought they were big goals, but my husband really challenged me. You know, I think you could do a lot more with this than what you think you can do. And so he kind of stepped in, uh, you know, as we got closer to the launch and he said, let's make this thing bigger and better. We can do this. And the launch blew us out of the water. It did so well for everybody who participated in it. And um, I was really floored by how well it had it had gone. And so we were like, wow, I think we could do that again. Like that was really a success for us. And then it was uh, um, into the the new year, Erin uh, came to me and she said, hey, what if we did something like what you guys just did, but it was a homemaking focus? And I was like, that's a cool idea. So we decided, okay, let's all throw in our efforts and do it. And so we did the first uh, ultimate homemaking bundle that spring. And again, it did really well. And, you know, at this point, we're like, maybe this is a thing. Like it, it never was the intention to make it into something that we did regularly, to make it into really its own business. But when you stumble on an idea that works, that's what you do with it. You know, you take it and you run with it. So, um, exactly. so that's really what we did. And now here we are three and a half years in, we've run, I don't even know how many bundles we've done for healthy living. Um, on Wednesday, we launch our fourth homemaking bundle. And we've done a bunch of other bundles in the meantime, a digital photography, a DIY, um, a Christian living. We, and we've got more bundles planned for the rest of this year other than the homemaking and healthy living. So that's really become our full-time uh, gig. My husband and I, uh, we work together to run that with an amazing team of other people. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a really, really cool ride. Thank you so much for sharing that. But can you tell us that how does it even work? Like, how <laughs> does a person contribute their stuff? And then how how does it all work? Okay, so, so the basic bundle model is that we connect with uh, bloggers and authors who have different kinds of digital products. So usually that's an ebook, but sometimes it's an e-course. It could be a printable pack, something like that, but it's digital. Mm-hmm. And, and they agree with us. They sign a contract saying that everybody's going to pool all of their resources together for this. Usually it's a six day period that we sell it for. And sometimes we'll run uh, what we call a flash sale. So another bundle for just a couple of days, like three months later or something. But typically they're committing for about a one week period. Everybody pools the resources. Our team's job is to create this package, this full event. So we create a website and a sales page where we create marketing materials. We set it all up in the back end so that it's very smooth and easy for the customers to um, to go through the checkout process and to access all of the resources to download the ebooks and get into the e-courses. And so then we market it as this thing we call a bundle. And rather than, you know, a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, two thousand, whatever it's actually worth, we typically sell them for about thirty dollars. So it's an amazing discount. It's about ninety seven percent off for most of our bundles. And so we really see it as this win win opportunity for everybody because the customers are getting this package. that's so just all this crazy value. They could never, you know, get all of these things individually. The, um, the bloggers and the authors who are contributing have the opportunity to sell this really exciting package and they earn a very, very high commission on it uh, for everyone that they sell. And so they're very motivated. They're very excited. The bundles sell really well. And so that's how they're able to make their money. And then our team keeps a portion of it so that we can cover our team's expenses as well. So that's, that's kind of how the bundle model works in a nutshell. Very interesting. And so the person who's bundled, like let's, for example, I have a bundle where I contributed a product to you mm-hmm. and I am obligated now to 
spread the word about the bundle, right? And then is there like, and how is the process with the affiliates and then the, the money um, separation? Could you share that? Sorry, it's like so technical, but right. I'm so curious. That's okay. So, so if you are an author or we, what we call a contributor, somebody who's mm-hmm. putting a resource into the bundle, then you earn a higher percentage than affiliates. So we do have other affiliates who promote it. And um, okay. well, what we do with the difference in the, the commission structure between the, the contributors and the affiliates, all that extra percentage actually gets put into a pool and then split up among the contributors at the end. So um, so the idea is that the contributors are really being rewarded as much as possible um, for the fact that they put the resources in that really, I mean, without them, we could never um, pull off these bundles. So we're so, um, you know, we really want to respect uh, the work of our contributors. So, so basically the way that it would work for you as a contributor is you would get onto your blog your platform, your email list, whatever it is that you have, and you're going to share about that bundle. And then you're going to make um, a percentage commission off of everyone that you've sold every, so, you know, it's all set up through affiliate link, uh, affiliate links. Um, you've got your cookies in there when your, you know, your readers, your followers yeah. go through and make a purchase. That's how you get, um, that's how you get paid. Very interesting. That's such an interesting, um, business model. And then I can only imagine how much work it takes <laughs> to do at the back end. Yeah. It takes us quite a few months to prepare for an event. It is a huge ordeal. Um, and you know, it may seem like it generally goes pretty smooth on the front end, but there's a lot of preparation and careful thinking and planning, um, how all the technical things are going to work on the back end, a lot of testing, um, and just, you know, dreaming up the concepts and, you know, we have to come up with new designs every time. That's, um, that's part of what I do is I'm not the designer, but I, I, I oversee all of our brand development and our marketing and things like that. So it's really, it's really fun for me to play that creative role in bringing a bundle event to life. That's incredible. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. And being the creator, you do have the right to be just like, okay, everyone do your work. I'm going to be the overseer and I'm going to be the, the manager, but I'm sure that was, that's not what it was like in the beginning. Oh, in the beginning, it was us doing everything all hours of the night. <laughs> but, you know, over time, we, you know, the, the way that you grow a business, um, if you're, if you're smart about it is that you begin to, to hire people who are smarter than you at, you know, doing different things. So we've got an amazing tech engineer. Uh, we have a, a wonderful graphic designer. Um, we have a, you know, a customer happiness expert and she is just so amazing at dealing with all, you know, all of our customers' concerns and helping them out. We have, um, our director of strategic relations is actually Mandy from the very first bundle that, um, I was ever a part of. She works with us now and she's an incredible asset to our team. She manages all of our, recruitment and working with our affiliates and she's just go, so good at those partnerships so you know it really makes a team full of strong players um to pull things like this off to you know to you know high quality something that we're really proud and excited to do that's incredible good for you stephanie you're an amazing entrepreneur and such a great example for us it really truly um let's go back a little bit and um talk a little bit about the humbled homemaker um and by meaning back i didn't really mean back but current state of the humble homemaker how did you decide that you want to pass it on and how did the pro how did the transition go like how did you announce it like can you share this Oh, I think you're talking about keeper of the home, humbled homemaker. The keeper, I'm so sorry. The yeah. keeper of the home. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so the way that, um, it, you know, it was about a, a two year process of deciding what we were going to do with that. I'd been running the blog for a long time and they knew that I was beginning to have, um, other, 
other areas of interest, other things I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to do. And as much as I, I loved it, I, I just began to feel really in my heart that it was the right thing to to move on with that. So, um, mm -hmm. so we we just began to you know put the word out there kind of quietly, slowly, and and talk to people and look for for options and really just consider what what you know what is the next step for this? What is this going to look like? And it took us. Um, well, it's probably about an eight-month process, uh, but eventually we um, we actually ended up passing it over to um, to our friends um, Anne and Mark Tim. They are the ones who are now running it, and you know they're um, they're so similar to us in so many ways. It's actually just been such a blessing because. Um, you know, Anne is just a, she's a crunchy mom of six kids. And we, you know, when she and I get together, we've hung out, you know, multiple times in person. And Anne is a really good friend. And, um, I just love that there are so many, um, areas of shared, you know, shared values and shared vision. And so the way that we worked it out once, um, before we did the official Passovers, uh, I just began to, you know, have meetings with Anne and we began to talk about all the logistics of what it was going to look like to pass the blog over to her. She had not been a blogger before, so she definitely had the passion and the ideas and the content to share, but she didn't actually know the ins and outs of running a blog yet. So that's really been um, the biggest, you know, challenge, I think, for, for both of us is me learning how do I pass this over? How do I communicate these things? How do we make good systems, that, yeah. you know, that can go over to somebody else and make it a smooth transition? And then for her, just learning all the ins and outs of blogging, which I think she's done a really great job. It's a lot to jump into a big blog that has so many moving pieces yeah. and to have to do all of that. But, you know, we've announced it on the blog. We actually got together. We made a video. We shared with everybody, you know, just our vision and our heart for what was going to happen. And I introduced them to Anne and... um I think it's gone really well. I still write for the site. She and I are still in touch every week. And it's just been an amazing transition all the way along. That's incredible um, to be able to pass something on to your friend like that. Yeah. Now, do you still get recurring revenue from it? Because I can imagine it's it was a great income source for you. Right, it was. And no, at this point, um, I, I don't get anything from it anymore. Okay. Wow. That's, that's what a sweet friend you are. That's That's amazing. So how did you come with that? come to that decision because so many moms and I've actually recently dealt with this too, is that we're expected to do certain things in business and in life general. And a lot of the, a lot of times we do things because of the expectations of others. And we do think we end up stuck with things that we don't necessarily enjoy or have time for, or have the passion for anymore. And so how did you, go on through this transition without thinking like, oh, but I'm, I'm switching again. I'm moving, you know, to something else again, or like, what will people think? How did you, how did you process all that maybe negative backtalk if you had any? Um, with a lot of tears and long conversations with my friends and my husband. <laughs> you know what? It, it was a hard thing to let go of because when you do something like that for so long, um, especially when you create a business, you build it up from scratch, it actually begins to become a little part of your identity and letting go the decision even took me a long time to feel sure that this was really, really the right thing. But you know, you know, when something is the right thing, like you feel it deep down, it comes, it comes back to you again and again, you think about it and like your pulse races and you know, you think like, I know, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And that was often how I felt when I would process the decision. 
but that doesn't mean it was easy. It was hard to let go of. It was hard to finally pass it over and say, like, this isn't actually mine anymore. My husband said at one point I was still using a lot of me, my, I language when I referred to the blog. And he said, it's actually yours anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I'm still talking about it like it's it's my thing. And at some point I have to I have to just open up my hands and and give it up. And there was definitely a grieving in that because it was something I had loved. It was my baby. It was the first business I ever built. I love the community there. I love writing for the site and I will always love it. Um, and so definitely there was a loss. But then at the same time, when you know that you're doing it for the right reasons, and especially when you're doing it to open yourself up to new opportunities, then there's, there's an excitement there too. There's a feeling of, oh, what's next? Now what can I do? And your passion begins to build for something new. And so there were definitely a few months where I just there was a bit of angst, I think. I just felt this like, I don't know how to make this transition. I don't really know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm pouring myself into now. Like I felt a bit of confusion. And I feel like you just, maybe you have to walk through that. Maybe that's just part of making a big transition like that. And it's unavoidable, maybe. I'm not sure. For me, it felt like something I had to walk through. Um, but as I push through it, now I feel really excited about the new things that I'm doing. And I feel um, I don't feel a sadness anymore when I look back, when I look at the sign, when I talk to Anne about it, I feel, oh, I'm so excited for her and where she's going with it. I feel like I made a great decision and it's in good hands. And now look at the things I'm able to do. So, um, so I've really come to peace about it. Wow. Saying no to certain things really makes room for things to say yes to for really important Absolutely. things. Yeah. Really interesting. Now, when you did that, when you passed your blog onto your friend, mm -hmm. What did you focus on? What did you begin to focus on after that? Well, so I, I had a baby back um, in June. He's 10 months old now. And it was right around that time was when we had a pretty good idea, pretty good idea that the blog transition was going to happen. Nothing was, it, you know, it wasn't official yet, but we were pretty sure. And at that time, I took a retreat and went away to kind of consider where, what am I going to do next? And I had been working together with my husband on, um, you know, doing the bundles for quite a number of years, but he had really developed a bigger vision for it, bigger than what I had. He wanted to not just do the ones we'd been doing, but he wanted to do more. He wanted to go out into new niches. He just really wanted to grow and develop it. So he had already begun doing that during that past year. He'd I'm not sure how long uh, he'd been working on it for, but it was probably about a year. He began building it up a little. I hadn't been very involved in that process, only in the bundles that I typically um, had been in the healthy living and the homemaking. And so when I did that retreat, I came back and I really felt like, I think I could do this. I think I could jump in and take on a bigger role. And so it was at that point that I decided um, to really go all in with him and we would do this as a joint thing. So that was when I became the director of brand development and became a you know regular part of the administrative team for all of the bundles. So now I'm involved in every project. Um, you know, we really talk about it all. So it's really interesting because for so many years, we really ran our businesses kind of like side by side, mm -hmm. but we there was a little bit of overlap when we would work on a bundle project. But on our day-to-day, -day, I was really focusing on the blog. He was really on the music school. And we just kind of came together here and there. But but when I made that decision, really, we I mean, we became partners in the true sense of the word. We just were working together all the time. Our offices are two feet from each other. And we turn around and talk about, you know, something for the business constantly. We're on team meetings together all the time. And that's, that's really cool to be able to pour into that. So... 
my roles have changed a lot, but that's really my biggest focus. And then I have a small focus off to the side. I haven't been able to spend as much time on it this year as I want, but I also do have another blog. I still have, you know, a foot in door of that blogging world. I'm not quite ready to, to leave it because I still love it and I love writing. And so we have a blog that um, we write on together. It's called Entre Family, as in like entrepreneurial family. Uh, entrefamily.com and so we write together a little bit there and we do a podcast together and I have a, a travel book that I am slowly working on writing about family travels so so I have a few other little things going on but the bundles are my main thing right now wow that's that's amazing and thank you so much for sharing the website I just shared it on um uh, yeah. on the chat and Mitch Jackson thank you so much for joining us all right so Let's go back a little bit and talk about how you and your husband work together side by side, two feet away from each other. How does that, <laughs> how does that work? Because not many, um, not many uh, women can do that. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a learning curve to it for sure. I, you know, we did a podcast a little while back about how to work with your spouse and, you know, not go insane or something like that. I don't remember what the title of it was. But a lot of people, when they talk to us and they find out that we work together, they're like, I couldn't work with my spouse. I mean, we would just kill each other. <laughs> and it's not to say that we, you know, never have times where we get frustrated. I, I mean, we do a little bit. Sometimes we disagree on things. Sometimes um, my husband calls it, you know, fighting for the best idea. And so sometimes we have, you know, we butt heads a little bit and we say, I really don't think we should do it this way. I really think this is the way to do it. And, um, we've, I think we've, we've learned to be okay with that process to, to share what we think and listen to each other and respect each other's opinions and, um, be able to make decisions together. And, you know, there's a few things that make it work. One is knowing your roles, uh, really specifically. So, we have very distinctive roles. It's not like we both run ultimate bundles. That's not really even um, accurate. Uh, technically, Ryan runs it. And I'm actually uh, just one of the directors with my own specific area that I work on. And we did that on purpose, um, not because he's, you know, the boss of me or something, but because he's really gifted at being um, very visionary, very futuristic, very strategic, and he's an excellent manager. So that role really suited his strengths. I'm not particularly those things, but I am very creative. Um, I'm a good writer, so I do a lot of, uh, almost all of the, the copywriting and the marketing writing for our team. I really love being a part of the design process, and I have a lot of good inspiration and ideas along that. Um, I do a lot of, uh, this year, I've begun to do a lot of video filming and script writing and producing videos, and that's a completely new thing for me, but yet it seems to fit into, um, you know, sort of my wheelhouse of, um, you know, strengths and skills that I have. So, because our roles are so distinct, I think that allows us to really support each other and respect each other in those roles because we, we both know what we're supposed to do and it's, you know, it's different from each other. Wow. Interesting. And I saw that podcast that you did, um, the 10 keys to uh, work with your husband or something like that. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate what you just said about having your own specific duties that you do, um, things that you're responsible for. And I can only imagine he probably emails you or asks you, Hey, are you going to be are you doing that in time for the deadline or whatever? Cause it's kind of like that relationship now because he's the boss of that particular project, isn't it? Yeah, there is, there is a little bit of that. I mean, in some ways I'm kind of, you know, accountable and responsible to him for the things that, that I'm working on. But, um, 
but we both just have such a respect for each other. And he really, mm -hmm. he, you know, he certainly never bulldozes over me because he's the, the boss. He really respects uh, my opinion. Whenever he's making, you know, a big decision, he pulls me in on that and says, I want to talk to you about this. I want to process this. I want to hear your opinion about it. So I really feel like we have our own roles, um, but, but we really function as a team. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're not only partners in life, you're partners in business. And that's, that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So now let's move and talk about a little bit of uh, how you homeschool your children while doing all this stuff. <laughs> and now I know that you wrote a recent article about putting them into a private school. Right. And that's so inspiring to me is that, again, you don't, you don't, live by anyone else's expectations and what no you don't care what anybody thinks or says it's really what's best for your family that really yeah. inspired me so i would love to share like i mean you've homeschooled for for a very long time and then um decided to um the, go the private school route and then you're planning to go back so yeah. Please do share. <laughs> well, you make it sound like a, a good thing for us to be these kind of rebellious, unconventional people who just do whatever we feel like doing. <laughs> I mean, hey, you are part of the World Domination Summit. Yeah. Gang, so. <laughs> right. So, so we'd been homeschooling for about seven and a half years, um, ever since our um, oldest was a preschooler. And... You know, I loved it. We both love homeschooling. Uh, it definitely feels like... Um, you know, that's really where um, our values lie. Uh, we we don't believe that homeschooling is necessarily the right thing for everybody, but for our family, um, it definitely has been the right thing. And we really love the freedoms that it gives us. We love the way that we're able to uh, be really specific and intentional about the way that we educate our children. And so homeschooling is just something so dear to us. But there are also times when as um, as an entrepreneur and as a homeschooler, but really, I think just as as a mom in general, we you know, we have to be realistic um, with what we're able to do. We have to um, consider the expectation that we're, you know, that we're putting on ourselves and whether we can whether we're thriving under those things, whether our family is thriving. And I think there are times when you have to just reassess and say right now this isn't working and not be so rigid, um, you know, in your beliefs or in what you're doing that you can be willing to flex a little bit and say, right now, this isn't the season for us to keep homeschooling. In fact, I, I needed a break. Um, we just had our fifth baby. Um, and we thought, oh, we can do it. We can keep homeschooling this year, even with a new baby, even with all the business changes that we're making right now it'll be fine. And yet it wasn't. This was a really hard year. Adding in, you know, a fifth baby was just, it was a lot. It was really exhausting for me. Um, we had two kids who were um, just learning to read this year, one of whom has um, just some learning struggles and needs a little bit of extra help. And we felt like those two were just needing so much of our time and attention. But then our, you know, 11 year old was kind of getting lost in the shuffle and not getting challenged enough. And I was um, struggling with some postpartum depression and anxiety. I was very exhausted. And, you know, you put it all together and we just weren't doing well as a family. And so we said, I don't think that this is this is what we should keep doing for right now for this season. And so we looked into our options and we found a private school local to us um, that we felt comfortable with and peaceful about. And we enrolled the kids in that. And, you know, I've, I've written about some of the pros and cons of both. And schooling doesn't feel like it's for us long term. It doesn't feel like it suits our family. And yet 
I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. The, the decision that we made to put our kids in school for these six months, it was the right thing for us to do right now. And I'm excited to go back to homeschooling. So it's, it's been a really interesting season of being able to just hold it all more loosely and, and to be okay with what works for our family at different times. Very interesting. I've never heard anybody do that. And I'm so inspired <laughs> because I'm, I also homeschool my boys and mm-hmm. it's, you know, there has been really difficult times where yeah. I do feel like I need a break. And so this um, is really inspiring to be the rebel that we want to be sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to really do what, um, what we feel is right at that moment in time. So thank you. Really appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. Now let, let's move on and, um, focus on the audience, on our audience. And we have a lot of moms and um, who are entrepreneurs and some moms who are want to be entrepreneurs. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting because I get so many emails from moms saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I am not an entrepreneur yet, but I want to start and I want to become one. What is one of the best ways to start off as to to become an entrepreneur, start your journey Mm -hmm. off? I think to allow yourself to dream big dreams and believe in yourself that you could actually accomplish those things. I know so many people who say things to me like, I wish we could be entrepreneurs. I wish we could travel like your family has done. And I hear this, I wish, but it'll never happen to me. And and I just want to say to them, it could, it could be you, you could do this. And and I think if you if you allow yourself to really believe that it's possible and say, um, my husband always says to me, like, um, sometimes I'm, (laughs) he's going to laugh because he's actually in the room listening to us record this. Um, I can be more of the pessimist who's like, you know, it just can't be done. And he says, don't say it can't be done. Say, how can we do it? How can it be done? I love that. And, and I think that, you know, for those who are who listen to these, these mompreneur shows, who read the blogs and the books and say, I wish I could do that. Maybe you need to try asking yourself, how could I do that? And what could I practically do to move towards that? Because um, if we keep it as this dream or this thing that feels kind of like out there, that's like maybe a little bit unachievable, you know, we're not going to get to it. But, but if you actually believe that it could be a reality and that you could do it and that you are more capable than you think you are, um, then I think you can do it. I, I think anybody can do it if they set mind to it. There's nothing so special about us entrepreneurs that um, anybody who's determined enough couldn't couldn't do it for themselves. I completely agree. Belief in oneself is so important. And I've struggled with that yeah. a lot mm-hmm. starting out. It's like really having those dreams, but yet just stumping on them with that. But that can never happen to me. Yeah. But I can never do that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not that smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, um, it's it's all about the thought process and really dreaming big and really um, having faith in that dream. And so, I, I will say that it doesn't stop being hard once you become an entrepreneur. Um, this is my ninth year now of, you know, of doing this. And and I haven't stopped being afraid. I haven't stopped having times where I want to sit back and say, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Uh, this thing is too hard for me. I still feel those things all the time. It's a perpetual choice to say, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push through the hard. And um, and I think that's what makes a successful entrepreneur is the willingness to keep doing that, to get up day after day after day. And even in the hard, to just to keep at it. 
So you mentioned that um, it's hard and can you, sh- I mean, it is, I completely agree. Um, can you share some of the challenges or struggles that you've had over the, the nine year entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Um, one of the struggles I, you know, I just, I mentioned briefly is um, I have definitely, well, I've dealt with some depression and anxiety this year. That was a bit more of a, you know, postpartum thing, but I have experienced a lot of burnout, uh, physical burnout, just mental, emotional burnout, because when we are balancing being a mom and being an entrepreneur, and then, you know, some of us throwing, you know, homeschooling in the mix, um, it's just a lot. It's a lot for any one person to do. There's always so many things that are vying for our attention. And I, you know, I have had so many blogging friends over the years who have also gone through really hard seasons of burnout. And, and I think it's common for us to think, that we can do more than we really can or to put too much on ourselves in particular seasons to have too high of expectations and to not take good enough care of ourselves. You know, often we're dreamers and we have these big ideas, but sometimes our big ideas can be our demise a little bit because we want to do so many things and we want to do them all really well that we overextend ourselves. So that's that's definitely been a challenge of mine over the years. And it's still, it, I, I think, I don't know, I'll probably struggle with it. Um, for may- maybe as long as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not really sure, but at least I've learned to recognize the symptoms of burnout, to see it a little bit earlier, um, and to, I'm learning to give myself permission to do things to address that burnout. So how do you get out of it? <laughs> um, learning to say, to say no to things to say I'm not superwoman and I can't do all of these things um, is one of the first being willing to put things aside and say this isn't the season for me to do all of these things I have these ideas you know I want to run this blog and write this book and do these bundles and be a homeschooling mom and do all of these things but I actually am not physically capable of doing them all at the same time and sometimes that's hard sometimes laying something down is really really tough and and sometimes we'll hold on for too long, um, longer than we should, even though we know we can't do it, but we just want it so badly. Um, I've had to learn to just take better care of myself physically. I already eat um, really well. That's not an issue for me. I've been interested in health for a long time. But I do notice that um, when I'm in a stressful season, I begin to, you know, I have I have too much coffee. I begin to kind of uh, like medicate with food a little bit, do a bit more comfort eating and not um, eat as well as I should, just not being careful enough. Um, I'll get more, um, more, uh, not lethargic, more uh, like stationary. Like I'll be stuck more working on the couch, working at my desk and not getting up and getting outdoors and getting that fresh air and getting that exercise that I need to really stay healthy, getting the sunshine and, or even just, getting so wrapped up in what I'm doing that I stop enjoying the moments in my life that make it beautiful. And this is, this is really interesting thing that I've noticed about myself. You can tell by my social media presence. Um, and I don't have a big social media presence because I'm not really a huge fan of it, but I do like Instagram and I tend to post my stuff over to Facebook as well. But you can tell when I'm quiet on social media, it means I'm so stressed out that I'm not pausing to capture the moments of my life because Instagram is my favorite choice. So when I'm not stopping to take that photo of, you know, like this morning you saw me take a photo of my little boys, like throwing tissues all over our office. (laughs) Um, When I'm not taking those photos, when I'm not stopping to say my life is beautiful, my life is worth capturing and sharing, then 
that means I'm letting it overwhelm me and I'm not pausing to, you know, to be grateful, to be mindful, to be present in the moments of my life. So those are a few things that I've learned. It's too big of a topic, but. Thank you so much for sharing. No, that's beautiful. My, my life is beautiful and constantly remind yourself and stop and pause. And I love that. I've never actually put those. I've even thought about putting those together. It's like, when you do take a picture, mm. you are pausing and you are enjoying the moment and enjoying how beautiful your life is, especially when it's involving with the kids and something yeah. cute that they did. Or So thank you so much for sharing that, Stephanie. That's, that's beautiful. And Stephanie, thank you again so much. This is really inspiring. And the last thing that I want to ask you is that what are some of your favorite online tools that you use? Mm-hmm. I know that might be... Um, way off topic since we're talking more <laughs> about violence and yeah but we as entrepreneurs we um we really strive to make our life easier mm-hmm. uh, more streamlined and so i would love if you could share some of the tools that you use um to structure or make uh, your business or to make your life mm-hmm. easier well it's interesting because one thing i've learned about myself is that i I'm not a tech lover. I, for so many years, because I worked, you know, online, I was a blogger. I thought I should be using all these amazing apps to really organize my life and my work. And the fact is, it doesn't work for me. I just don't do well with that. I'm a very, um, I like to process things manually. I like to, when I'm stressed out, I like to sit down and journal on paper. I like pen and paper. I like just writing lists and I don't like all these fancy things. So I'm so boring and simple, but here's what I use. Um, Google Calendar is kind of my lifeline. I use the alerts and the reminders on it constantly. So the only way that I remember, because I'm very, um, I just get very caught up in whatever is going on in life that day. Um, the only way that I show up to things like, you know, being here live on time at 10 a.m. is because I have an alarm go off the night before and then I have alarm go off when I wake up that morning. And then I have alarm go off half an hour before the event. So I really heavily rely on setting constant alarms and reminders on my phone and on my email. Um, the other things that I do um, I use, I actually use a bullet journal and I use the notes uh, app on my MacBook. And that is really what I use. Like I just, I don't need anything fancy. I just keep track of all my to-do lists of all whatever projects I'm working on. They all have a different note. That is legitimately how I track it. And my husband, he loves his tech stuff and all of his apps. And he is forever saying to me, I don't understand how you are such an efficient, productive person <laughs> when you're so simple. But I think what it is, is knowing who you are and how you function well. And if I work best with just writing out my my list and checking things off and keeping it very simple, then that's what I should do because that's what works for me. And I think sometimes we kind of feel pressured that there's so many great things out there that we should be fancier than we are. But really, you should just be true to who you are. Oh my gosh, I love that you share that. Like, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much because everyone has all these apps and expectations of you like what you don't use that app what you're like way behind the times mm-hmm. look at that. i'm like also <laughs> a hardcore bullet journal love it and i recently started actually and it has absolutely changed my world mm-hmm. and all my ideas all my everything is all in one notebook and it's yeah. such it, it, it's incredible and uh i've tried so many times like my app my phone is still full of apps that like to-do mm-hmm. list apps and little reminder apps and like little yeah. all these little bells and whistles and stuff but really um you're right like you really have to know yourself mm-hmm. and to why whatever works for you and yeah. not look up to, to people who are super tech and love techie because yeah. you're a different person. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I will say, you know, want to know one app that is amazing for business. I will say if you, if you're a solopreneur, um, you might not get any benefit out of this, but if you are working with any sort of a team, even if it's three, four or five people or, you know, more than that, we have a team right now of about uh, 12 to 15 people. We use an app called, um, or it's a software called Slack. So um, you can put it on your phone. You can put it on desktop or you, you can use it on your browser. And Slack is amazing because it's a team management software. It keeps my email inbox from being insane because all of our messages go through. Slack, it is such a quick and easy way for our team to stay in touch with each other. I find it very easy and um, email overwhelms me. Email stresses me out. But I can just respond to these quick little messages and it's just so freeing. And then we can go back and we can search things in the archives and the history and find, oh, this is what we said about this. This was the decision that was made. And that is just a really great tool. So if you work with a team, I would recommend looking up Slack. There's other ones, but... Thank you so much, Stephanie. That's very helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun, Vicky. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I got so many valuable golden nuggets from Stephanie, and I hope you did as well. Please join us next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more lively conversations just like this one. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you next time.